Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Everybody, welcome to episode 137 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltak, and thanks for joining me again today on the show. We've got tons and tons of news to share with you, as well as uh, a few clips of some uh, boneheadery going on at, <laughs> at uh, the uh, Public Safety Committee, also known as SECU. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've got a, a pile of updates for you. But before we get started, I just want to thank some of the businesses um, that that go out of their way to help the CCFR keep us going. And uh, I just want to take a second and recognize them. A big thank you to our friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com and Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast and providing great products. You can check all that out at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And to our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, for hunters, for shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. All right, we're back. I've got a couple of things to go over with you before we bring Tracy on. Uh, first thing, kind of a legal update for uh, the CCFR et al. versus Canada. That's our big lawsuit against the federal government. Uh, the um, uh, Alberta government has been uh, granted leave to become an intervener in the case, so that's great. They're part of it. They forwarded their legal arguments uh, as well. And our hearing date is coming up at the end of April. So when people are like, what's going on with the lawsuit? It's like, well, you're... The lawsuit's going at the speed of government, which is unduly, unreasonably slow. So if you're curious about what's going on, you want to see the um, if there's any changes been made to the hearing schedule, to the uh, to the uh, court schedule, I should say, or any documents or whatever, you can always go to propertyjustice.ca. That's propertyjustice.ca. We created that website so you'd have a place to go. And if you go there and nothing's changed, it's because nothing's changed, just so you know. So that's where you're going to find that information. And uh, we're getting closer, right, around two months to the hearing. Um, I'll just remind you, because I've said this a million times, but in case you haven't heard it before, then we'll probably be waiting about three months for a decision. But that decision is really important. Whether we win or lose, that decision itself is really important because you'll know that a full team of constitutionally experienced lawyers went to find out, went to the government and the, and the, the court to find out whether or not you can really own anything that the government can't just, for political reasons, just turn around and grab away from you and use force to take it. That's an important question, no matter what happens to our guns, right? So that's what's at stake there. All right, next thing, the Mass Casualty Commission is coming out with their final report on uh, March 30th. So if you remember, the CCFR represented gun owners there and represented Canadians. We just wanted to get to the bottom of what happened there and make sure that the commission stays on track, meaning we want to be a sober voice in the room and an adult voice in the room, as they say, um, but meaning that we didn't want anti-gun groups, which a lot of them just ran in there. There's like, oh, here's our chance to get in there and leverage the murder um, of our fellow citizens in Nova Scotia in order to push their agenda. Because remember what happened there. You had an individual that smuggled in all his firearms from the United States. Firearm regulation in Canada had 
precisely zero impact on preventing uh, that situation from happening. So, you know, we'll see what the commission comes up with. I think that I think that we've seen a lot of the courts and commissions siding with the political um, positions of government uh, lately. And, you know, people wonder why institutions have lost virtually all of their respect and all their faith in the eyes of the of the um, of of the electorate, right, of, of everyday citizens. These are the reasons, right? When you see things that are demonstrably true and a commission or an inquiry says or a court says, uh, nope. <laughs> you know, that's that that starts to become a problem for, um, I guess, for those of us that are trying to keep the social contract intact, because that relationship between the government and the people that are supposedly giving the government its authority, that relationship is really important. And it has to transcend politics. It has to everything has to be honest and demonstrably true or we, we lose everything. You know, you're talking about uh, political discourse being a threat to our democracy, those things are a real threat, right? So anyway, uh, so we'll see what happens on March 30th. All right, now, I just wanted to wet your whistle about the annual general meeting, which is coming up in June for the CCFR. So in years past, it's it's been great. We haven't had an in-person AGM. We are having an in-person AGM uh, this year. So first time in, like this would be three years without one. So very exciting. Um, now, we're gonna change it up a little bit. We experienced something. I'm not going to get too into it because I'm hoping to have all the details for you. Tracy and I will talk about it in the next podcast, I'm hoping, because everything should be finalized by then. But we experienced something really cool when we did the um, Integrity March, if you remember. if you came, People came from all over the country to come to the Integrity March, and it was just so awesome. It was such a great feeling just to be around like-minded people, easygoing, like-minded people. We had a great march. We cleaned up the streets. We left the streets cleaner than when we showed up there. No windows were broken, no fires were set, nobody got cussed out, it was, it was just brilliant, right? Largely ignored by the media, of course, when you have 5,000 people show up there in the middle of the global pandemic, no less, um, and did whatever it took to get to Ottawa to make their voice heard, it was, it was pretty inspiring. And we, you know, it was a real high point. It was really almost magical, right? So what we wanna do with the AGM is we wanna create that same thing. We wanna put some events together so that people have a reason to come to Ottawa in June and, and hang out with us and, and have a good time for the weekend. So we're putting together a few things to make it worth it for you to come and, and hang out with your fellow gun owners and just celebrate you know, the fact that we're, we're still here and we're still fighting. So anyway, I'm hoping to have some more details for you that in, uh, about that uh, in the next podcast. Now, I just finished my conversation with Tracy. We showed a clip or two, but there are some other clips from SecU that I want you to see because it's just it's just interesting. There's a lot of buffoonery that goes on. And of course, it's a real insult because taxpayers pay for all that infrastructure for this silliness to happen. But um, I just put this in our television show on WOW TV. So in the next episode, this clip will be there. And basically, you know, the, the liberals and along with the bloc and the NDP is like, oh, we don't, none of this, we, we've never, never ever had the intent of interfering with sports shooting and hunting. Well, of course, they don't say sports shooting anymore because they pretty much destroyed sports shooting in Canada. It's over. You can't buy, sell, or transfer or import a handgun now. So it's, the handgun sports are, are, are dying a slow death. And all of the sports shooting that had AR-15s and XCRs and, and tens of thousands of dollars that people invested to engage in sports shooting and three-gun and all that stuff, they banned all those guns. You can't even use them. So now people are like shooting with 22s. And guess what? In the amendments, 
basically all the 22s with, with removable magazines of, that are ergonomic in any way were on that ban list, like the GSG-16 and the, the, the Chris Vector 22. These are purpose-built. These are not variants or derivatives from the actual firearm frame of the full-size firearms, right, that they might look like. So anyway, all that to say, it keeps, oh, no, we don't intend to, to interfere in hunting, but you can see the disdain for hunters. And Pam Damoff is, the, is one of the best. Because we want to listen. Right? She just, she can't control it. Every once in a while, it just slips, and she's like, hunters, right? You and your trophies. So anyway, this, this, um, this clip I'm going to show you was from Secu this past week, and this is Pam Damoff referring to, she won't ask a question directly to Jim Shockey, one of the most accomplished hunters in history, like on the earth right now. Right. And a, and a really passionate, insightful guy when it comes to ecosystems in the natural world. Like if you met Jim, you'd, you'd see that he's just really he's he's a remarkable individual. And so she's wants to make a comment. She does not a question to Jim, but just make a comment about how frivolous having Americans and people coming from all over the world to come and hunt in Canada, which is one of the ways that indigenous communities in the north and and communities of any racial or um, or societal makeup, make a living up there, right? We have some great natural resources and there's a lot we can do to support our, our remote communities. And they do that through, through guiding, through outfitting. And if you, if you ban these guns that Americans are bringing or ban guns that they're used to, then they're gonna be like, why do I want, and, and put all these crazy um, restrictions on there for no demonstrable real benefit to public safety. People are just gonna stop coming. They're gonna be like, Canada's crazy. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to go to some other country, just like within in the resource sector where businesses are like, I'm not, why would I go to Canada? It's unstable politically. Look at the people who are running it. Look at how they behave. So anyway, um, that's enough of a, of, of a long intro, but check out how she treats somebody that really understands hunting. And then uh, the second part of this clip, sorry, is just kind of a throwback to her uh, podcast or whatever online meeting that she recorded and put on her YouTube channel of her with uh, Alan Drummond from the Doctors for Protection from Guns and just how much they just despise hunters. Check it out. I just want to clarify something that Mr. Shockey mentioned. If the amendments had been passed, there would have been 19,000 models with over 100,000 variations of firearms available. Um, my understanding is there's 20 million AR-15s in the United States. They've been restricted since 77 and banned since 2020 in Canada. So the doom and gloom for the industry uh, seems quite misplaced. And I just want to say guns commonly used for hunting are very different than trophy hunting in Africa to bring trophies for your trophy wall or bringing Americans to the north to get trophies for their trophy wall. So I'll leave it there, Chair. Thank you. I'll, Mr. Shockey, if you wish to respond, go ahead. Yeah, Fair, I, it wasn't a question. I think in fairness, he, he should get to respond. Yeah, I, I think that's an untruth. Uh, the firearms that they use in Africa and the firearms we use here are virtually the same. Uh, there's no, no distinction. And it's not trophy. It's, it's about hunting. You know, you, you, uh, it's the process, the, the journey, not, not a kill. So trophy hunting is a little bit of a, a derogatory comment when it's used like that. Thank you. On Ivan Maitana. So, uh, you know, I think it's time to change the attitude. I, I think it's time to accept what Canadians are saying, which is, 
you know, the days of, you know, hunting for your family and providing for your family. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent that happens, but let's be real. People do not go and, you know, shoot 20 deer and feed their family venison every night. First of all, the family would reject that because venison is not that great. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's time, I think, that we, we acknowledge what Canadians are saying, which is, you know, the days of the, you know, of the pioneer lifestyle, they're, they're long since gone. And, uh, and we want to see a restriction on these types of uh, firearms. We want to see a restriction. That's just amazing, right? You know, it's, it's like people like Pam Damoff and Talib Nur Muhammad and uh, Peter Julian and uh, Christina Michaud over at the block. That other guy, remember the gray haired guy uh, with the block? He, was, he voted with the liberals to keep um, the amendments in scope. All these people. It's just amazing. They just they're they're like, well, I don't hunt. I don't understand how people make a living in the north. I don't understand pe- other people's identities. I don't identify with it. Forget it. We'll just use the government to wipe them out. You know, just who cares? You know, it's going to make me feel good, and I might win another election. Um, all right. So I've taken up enough of your time. Let's get Tracy Wilson on. All right, via Skype, we've got Tracy Wilson of the CTFR. Wilson, <laughs> Kiltaka. How are you? What's happening? Oh, usual monkey business. What do you think? Oh, just another day in clown world. Yeah, exactly. An yeah. upside down world. Um, yeah. Okay. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's break right into it. So uh, the first thing on our list to talk about is uh, just chatting a little bit about what the CCFR and what the CCFR isn't. And the reason we're talking about this is because if, you fo- if you've been following us for a long time, you know how much work we do. We do a tremendous amount of work with a very small group of people. So that's great because it it creates as much advocacy as humanly possible with the dollars. It makes good use of the money that we, we bring in. The downside is we don't have people that are paid just to call people back and you know address whatever it is they wanna to talk to the CCFR about. So I'll give you an example. Um, we get a lot of messages. Of course, we can't respond to them, um, but stuff like, you know, I, people will call the 1-800 number and be like, hey, I, you know, I want to know what's going on with Bill C-21 or I want to I call back immediately to tell me which, which of my guns are banned. It's just, yeah. it's, just, it, it's just impossible. It is totally impossible. And there's, we actually put a lot of effort into making sure there's resources that people can find that information, right? Like we are a credible news source for them and we have all kinds of platforms to do that for them. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got the podcast on YouTube, yeah. Rumble, Facebook. Um, we've got the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, I think, and every other pod uh, catcher that you have, podcatcher application that you have. We have a nationally broadcast television show where we talk about yes. the latest development, like, <laughs> and and the Facebook group. So the closed Facebook group, if you're not in there, it's uh, CCFR backslash CCDAF, which is the French version of CCFR. Um, and there's 60,000 people in that group. Yeah. So there's a lot of information uh, in there. So request to be part of that group, and then you can ask people yourself. Although, why don't we talk about what's going on in the closed Facebook group right now as well? Yeah, like, so So that's the problem, is I find sometimes people go in and they'll post kind of those broad questions, like, hey, what's going on with C21, or what's C21 about? And because there's a lot of us that are in that group that are sort of immersed in this stuff. You know, you you become like these technical experts. And when someone comes along and they're like, hey, what's it about? And you're like, what? How do you not know? I just want everyone to stop for a minute and be gentle because you got to think, 
I think back to when I first got into shooting and when I was just learning. And even now there's all kinds of stuff I don't know a thing about as far as guns go or whatever. And if I, if I was to post a question and be sort of, you know, jumped on or pounced on like that, I probably would have walked away. I probably wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. So I, you know, I want people to take a moment and think, what if this was you or your spouse or one of your kids asking a question and everybody's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you paying attention? Or, you know, it's your job to pay attention. Like everyone just take it down a notch. We have enough fighting and defending going on between gun owners and the government and their pet anti-gun groups that we absolutely don't need to be um, defending ourselves against each other. So, you know, not everybody's involved to the same level. Have a little patience and just take a minute if you've got the time and explain it to somebody. You could do that just as easily as you could chastise them for not knowing something. Yeah, so. it's uh, it seems like it's getting a little... I'm not on Facebook a lot because I don't have a lot of time for social media. I <laughs> sort of more on Twitter or just throw a few tweets out in the morning and then usually I, I'm not even on there at all, right? I don't have a lot of time yeah. for social media. and But yeah, it's starting to, starting to get a little bit rough in there. So just... Yeah, just take it down a notch, yeah, guys. Treat, treat, treat yeah. each other a little better because... Some and I think part of it comes from people get hype, they hyper focus on all this stuff. They are up to the yeah. minute informed, and then someone says like, "What? What's C twenty one all about?" And there's, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You don't deserve to be a gun owner. It's like, well, the, not everybody is is you know looking at this stuff all day every day. So, you know, it could be an innocent question. So you should you should uh, assume goodness. And just be like, hey, yes. check out, you know, be here's helpful. a link to the latest CCFR radio podcast. Make sure you stay up to date, you know, and listen to these podcasts. You can do it with Spotify while you're driving, you know, to yep. work or whatever. And you only have to do it every two weeks. So do something like that and that'll keep you informed. And then that question's answered. That person isn't asking any more questions you might consider, you know, not the, you know, not a, a reasonable question or whatever and, and problem solved. So just be kind to each other. You can also um, subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Like we don't bombard you with emails. You know, you're not getting blasted every day. Every Friday, we give you an update on everything that's going on and it's delivered right to your inbox. So, you know, if, if that's kind of your leveling of engagement, it's like, yeah, I'll take the weekend, you know, drink some coffee on a Saturday morning, read through the uh, the newsletter, watch some of the videos that are included. It's got everything you could need or imagine that you would want to know straight from the source, straight from us. Yeah, so, for free. You don't have to be a member. So go, yeah. go to firearmrights.ca or ccfr.ca. Scroll down to the bottom, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, and you'll get it. And as, yep. as as Tracy said, no spam. We don't, we're not emailing no you four times a week with, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, and then another thing is, and another thing, Wilson, um, huh. I got, I've gotten a couple of messages um, the RCMP just came and seized all my guns. Call me immediately. And it's like, yeah, you don't need to talk to me. You need to talk to a lawyer. You need a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and that's, that's the thing. We, we, we also put a lot of effort into making sure that there's resources for that. And it isn't us. Like Rod and I can't help you that, you know, the, the administrator who, who responds to your call can't help you. You're going to need a lawyer. What we do have is the firearm legal defense. Go to the CCFR website, go over to the insurance tab. It's 85 bucks a year. I've got it. It's peace of mind. And that helps you in the event that you're charged, in the event something happens to you. You can even use it as legal advice. Um, that, you know, there are resources there for you, but that's what you need. You know, we, 
unfortunately can't just take, you know, what member dollars we have and just have a bottomless pit to to fund people's, um, you know, personal legal troubles. It just doesn't work that way. So my number one advice to you is if you're in that kind of instant trouble, um, yeah, you need a lawyer right away. If you're looking maybe to uh, to to see if if we can help send one your way, like, you know, whatever, there, there's stuff like that. But yeah, Rod or I can't can't come and rescue you, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, you can even just buy legal def, uh, legal advice, too, and then you can talk to yeah. a lawyer. But that's 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 who you need. So, that's you know, you when need. people when people send us messages and we don't respond, it's because, A, there's nothing I can do for you. You need a lawyer. You don't need to talk to me. And B, we are running, we have a very small team doing everything that the CCFR has produced. Like if you follow us for a while, you know what an active group we are. So we get inundated with messages like this. Like I'm talking hundreds a week. And it's just like, it's physically impossible for, because we're just normal people, right? And it's physically impossible for me to do everything I got to do, run the CCFR. We're restructuring the CCFR right now. Like there's a whole bunch of infrastructure work that, that I'm involved in. You know, and everything I can't deal with goes to to Wilson and we got a TV show and we got a podcast and we have projects and it's like, and and then somehow we got to carve off a little bit of time just to be spouses and parents and maybe mm-hmm. even have a relationship with a few friends, you know, no. and it does, it just, you know, anyway, it's just, uh, if, uh, if you're one of those people, don't be offended if we don't get back to you. It's just, I, I'm sitting looking at 50, 60, 70 messages, you know, sometimes a day, some, most times a week. That I'm like, yeah. everybody wants to, anyway, anyway, hopefully you got the point. Um, so uh, next thing. So there's ongoing rumors about our pals not being issued yeah. anymore. And the information is spotty. Some people have had the, the RCMP uh, firearms program tell them that they are not issuing our pals. We've had all kinds of conflicting reports. Like, what have you heard? You've got a couple of things, right? Yeah, so I actually contacted the uh, Canadian Firearms Program, and um, there, what it was is there was a page on their website, and I, I don't know if it was edited or changed or just funny language, but it said the only license available to Canadians is a possession and acquisition license, so a PAL. And people interpreted that as, well, you can't get an RPAL anymore. And the problem is the language is actually true. It is a possession and acquisition license, the only one available. However, you can get a restricted designation for it, which would then make it a a restricted PAL. Um, So they are still offering the restricted course. I know for a fact they are issuing um, RPALs to people because I've had people send me pictures of their new RPAL. They just got it. Uh, Brand new gun owners being born. So I know that's happening. There are conflicting stories. There's also like a weird story coming out of some provinces where new instructors, so the people who are going to teach you the Canadian Firearms Safety Course or the restricted version, are not being certified in teaching the restricted portion. So in other words, you know, they're 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 making new instructors who are going to give you the course, but they're only permitted to give the the regular part of the course and not the restricted add-on. So I'm not entirely sure about that either. We're sort of monitoring the situation. It seems all all over the place. At the end of the day, they are absolutely trying to um, sort of phase out restricted firearms. I mean, they're freezing handguns, banning all kinds of rifles. Um, So I think they're trying to, but as it stands right now, you can absolutely still get an RPAL. Yeah, well, I've had reports that people have called the firearms program and they wouldn't give them one. So anyway... Mm -hmm. 
as we get more information, we'll share that information with you. And and uh, I think I said this in a previous podcast. I'm reminded of a number of years ago when I used to teach the the PAL and RPAL course, and people asking, well, why should I get a restricted PAL if I just want to hunt? And I'm like, one of the reasons, there was a number of reasons, but one of them was, hey, you never know. There may be one no RPAL licenses anymore, and at least you'll have had one and maybe even bought a couple of restricted firearms. So if there's grandfathering, then you're okay. And and I always felt a little bit apprehensive. It's like, am I, oh, you know, is this too much uh, like conspiracy theory for people? And it's like, it was only a number of, you know, whatever, three or four years later, it's all happening, right? But yeah, anyway. foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing uh, for this little section is um, just wanted to shout, uh, give a shout out to the Victoria Fish and Game Protective Association yeah. for donating uh, $10,000 to the CCFR. They've done this before. They're just clubs like that, Mission Rod and Gun, Another $5,000. They've done it before. Sherwood Park, um, um, Rod and Gun Club uh, up in uh, Alberta. Just so many clubs doing so much for the CCFR. And it's not just the club as an entity. It's it's members saying, you know, we want to support what the CCFR is doing. And, and, and we trust them to get yeah. the maximum amount of advocacy um, in the shortest amount of time. No, in the... <laughs> assault advocacy. Assault advocacy. Assault style assault advocacy. Style. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, anti-gun groups start uh, adopting that. Um, yeah. But uh, but just a, a just trusting us to to give them the most amount of advocacy possible out of every dollar, and we'd really we really appreciate it. Anyway, I just want to. Yeah. They're not the only clubs that have donated. Don't we, there's plenty of them, but we usually we put those out on our social media channels when there's a, a donation like that comes in. So uh, thanks uh, so much for all the help, guys. Awesome. All right, National Range Day is coming up on June the third this year. Yeah, so the National Range Day is the first Saturday in June every year. And what it is, is it is a national annual day to celebrate the 2.3 million people that make up our community, the people, places, and events that shape the legal Canadian firearms community. Ranges, clubs, businesses across the country are going to open their doors, invite the public in so they can see what it's all about. And the reason we, we're going to do this again this year and every year going forward is we understand that the best way to influence somebody's opinions on guns and gun ownership is to take them to the range. And, you know, with 2.3 million gun owners and 37 million Canadians in total, if everybody took 16 people out, that's the entirety of our country. That's all of them. So I think it's it's important. It's fun. We've developed a a lot of resources to help people with that. Um, you, we've got nationalrangeday.ca, which is sort of under construction right now. We're updating it with new resources for 2023. So have a little patience with that. But you'll be able to go on there, register your event, find an event near you, get resources for your club or your store um, to support them in hosting an event. There's some templates and information on there on on how to do it, what you should do. And of course, a whole suite of acts of logos free to access to everybody. Everybody owns National Range Day, not the CCFR. And you can use it however you like to support you in your plans and promote your event and get everybody out. So I'm, as usual, planning a ridiculous circus here in Ottawa, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, the the website and all that stuff, the videos, all that stuff should be updated within the next few weeks. So yeah. I would say about a month from now is when you should, or even right now, you can go to your club executive and say, listen, National Range Day is on June the 3rd this year. 
we should have an open house or we should host a ladies day or a, or a kids 22 shoot or something, some event that you can welcome the public in and, uh, and, and, you know, show people, we have to humanize gun owners because when people are like, Oh, you know, we need, you know, these gun owners. And so it's inconvenient if they don't have semi-autos or any of these stupid things that are, are floating around. It's, it's easy to take things from someone you've never met. It's easy right. to, 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 you know, uh, slander the, um, you know, the life choices or the identity of someone you've never met. So it's really, it's really an important thing and it's a big deal. And uh, as you said, all the logos and merchandising and all that stuff, anyone can do it. You just request a license and the CCFR mm-hmm. sends you a license so, so that you own that trademark, basically. You have use yeah. of that trademark unlimited for your own profit. National Range Day is not a CCFR thing. We're just organizing it. It's for everyone. Everyone owns it. So really, really important. And I, I hope, you know, we didn't have um, any other gun groups recognize it last year. Uh, nope. We didn't have um, the majority of the wildlife federations. They didn't recognize it because there's all this competition. And I'm not saying that so that people hold their feet to the fire. I'm saying that, that if you're a member of any of these groups or these wildlife federations, talk to them, say, listen, we all need, if we all recognize National Range Day, you know, and there's no, there's no tie back to the CCFR at all. We did that on purpose. Yeah. You know, if everybody does it, then we could, this could be even a bigger success than it was last year. And it can continue to grow. It can be a national event, which it sort of is already, but we want to get it there that it's recognized in every corner of the country. It, it, what it takes for that to happen is everybody has to participate. They got to, they got to put down their competitive nature. They got to just put that on the shelf for, for one day a year and just promote it, get people out to the ranges when they're there, treat people well, don't go on and on about how evil the government is. Just say, you know what? We're not the problem. You can see what it is that's being attacked here. And that's it. Like, don't talk about politics exactly. anymore with people than that. Right. Cause they'll just, they'll, they'll get you know, it'll be a bad vibe. Just like, oh man, this guy just kept harping on me about how bad the liberals were and how they're evil or whatever. Just don't do that. No, just, no, this it's is a the fun community. Day. It's a celebration. Absolutely. So, yes. um, if we all get engaged, if we all participate, and we all do the best job we can, it will come to, it'll it'll fulfill its its purpose. If we don't, it it just won't. So, yeah. Anyway, we're working on uh, getting everything up to date there. So check back uh, often. Check back in a couple of weeks to nationalrangeday.ca. All right. So SECU has been meeting this series of four more meetings. Why don't you give us a rundown on that? Yeah, so they've allocated four special meetings to study the effects of withdrawing the amendments. So, you know, the bureaucracy here is just ridiculous. But um, they were they the reason they withdrew the amendments is because there wasn't enough consultation. They had to, you know, talk to hunters and indigenous communities still waiting for indigenous um, witnesses. But we're halfway through those four special meetings that were allocated. We've had meeting number 57 and 58. We've had a whole list of, uh, you know, just, just, just the celebrity A-list here. We had Canadian hunting legend, Jim Shockey. We had both Natalie, uh, provost and Heidi Ratchin from Polly Sousouvien. We had, uh, Benadala from the Quebec mosque, Dr. Kaylin Langman and Mark Reichman from OFA. And then at the second meeting, they had Francis Langlois, uh, Wendy Sukier from the Coalition for Gun Control, Matt Hipwell from Wolverine Supplies, and Martin Bourget and Kate Nadeau from Aventure Chase et Pêche, which of course is a Quebec podcast and magazine about hunting and fishing. So they've had all these people, two out of four meetings are already done. It's just been um, 
complete buffoonery. And of course, Heidi, our, uh, yeah, Heidi Rathjen has suddenly become a ballistics expert and is giving technical briefings on, um, on firearms, which is really just totally interesting. Oh yeah, well she's she's an expert and she really proved it. So we have <laughs> we have a, <laughs> we have a little clip, which of course she's you know accuses you know she she talks about the reasons why the amendments were withdrawn. None mm -hmm. of them were they were banning a bunch of hunting guns and paving the way to ban virtually any firearm in Canada. That's not the reason at all. It's because no. of the CCFR's misinformation. Oh, and a variety of other things. Anyway, check out the clip because of disinformation that frightened hunters. That's everything that we've been hearing, that the bill went too far. But it's really based on uh, things that certain MPs and groups were saying. But we can see this when we ourselves were able to analyze and have the RCMP validate the fact that all of the statements regarding the hunting weapons that would have been forbidden by the amendments, all of that is actually false. Because hunters were seeing a list of models of weapons and they saw their weapon included in the list, so they thought that all versions of that model would be prohibited. And that's not true. Only the models with certain calibers were the... We're talking about the 10,000 joules, so we're talking about military caliber that could be classified as military vehicles. So for comparison, an AK-47 has its initial energy at 2,000. And the amendments wanted a limit, not just the amendments, but it's a criteria that exists now, wanted a limitation at 10,000. So we're not talking about hunting weapons here. But unfortunately, because it's 309 pages and, you know, you, people didn't quite understand that only the military caliber versions were targeted. All right. Well, there you go. Ballist, okay. Ballistic expert. And, yeah. And an expert in military cartridges versus hunting cartridges, Heidi Ratchen. Well, I don't even know why she's bringing up the AK-47. You know, she says it's about 2,000 joules. 7.62 by 3.9 is about 2,100 joules. But she says that that 10,000 and above is a military caliber. So I don't know. Is she implying an AK-47 is appropriate for hunting? Because we can have that conversation. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Well, AK-47 was prohibited in Canada since the early 90s. I don't know why she's right? bringing up the AK. And I don't think she has – she's – you know, you can see during that whole section there that she's just wandering around completely unprepared and trying yes. to just use like, well, military, military, powerful, whatever. And and another theme that was going through all of their testimony is like, you don't need these powerful military cartridges for hunting. And it's like, well, the AK-47, 762 by 39 is around 2,100 joules, somewhere around there, depending on the barrel length and there's other stuff, right? But yeah. the 308 which is the most popular hunting round in Canadian history, maybe maybe world history, I don't know. But, because yeah. I'm not a hunter, but like I think 308 is somewhere around 3,600 joules. Like hunting yeah. cartridges are far more powerful typically than so-called assault-style weapon cartridges like 223 or 7.62 by 39. You know? Well, see, if you were an actual expert, you would know that, but she's, she doesn't, so she's running around all over the place, uh, just making a fool of herself. Well, it, and the, it was pretty embarrassing. And the reason it failed was because of the CCFR and our completely false memes. So anyway, 
it the 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 bill the uh, amendments were withdrawn because of our lies, not the NDP, mind you, who took credit for the whole thing. She didn't mention the NDP, did she? Yeah, well, that, that's the other thing is the NDP has been patting themselves on the back and taking full credit, but she, you know, she doesn't put any blame on their shoulders, of course. No, no, they didn't do anything. So I guess she has a bone to pick with Peter Julian, right? The two of them. Maybe Peter Julian Julian is the liar, or she's a liar back and forth. Maybe it wasn't us; it was all the NDP, anyway. And yeah. then at the end, she's like, oh, and and it also was withdrawn because it was too many pages. <laughs> 308, that's just, that's too one many too pages, many. It was defeated. <laughs> I, I'm going to get one of those red clown noses. Yeah. Pop, there it, there it goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in, in addition to that, Matt Hipwell was yeah. accused of being in conflict of interest to be there because he owns a gun, uh, a gun <laughs> uh, he's a gun importer and a retailer. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. So the NDP had one of their MPs, Alex Bullries, uh, filling in for Peter Julian. Go figure. Um, and he asked Matt Hipwell if C21 will impact his business. And before um, Hipwell went to answer, he cut him off and said, never mind, there's a conflict of interest because you stand to, you know, be financially uh, to benefit from this. And it's like, well, wait a minute. He's literally there because he's a stakeholder. He's the owner of a multi-generational family small business that sells, you know, imports, distributes firearms. He's a former cop. He's a gun owner. He's a hunter. He's a CSAAA board member. He's an applicant in our court challenge. He's literally a stakeholder by every definition. And before he even got to answer, he's just, you know, cut off. Never mind. I looked up in the Oxford Dictionary. It's a stakeholder, noun, a person with an interest or concern in something, especially a business. <laughs> Clown world. I thought, yeah, like the idea of these four meetings was to do further consultations. So they bring stakeholders to the table and then tell the stakeholders, never mind, shut up. You have a conflict of interest. Yeah. total Because you're a stakeholder. A total mockery of what government's supposed to be. But um, anyways, you know, there was one more thing. We didn't really, uh, we didn't really talk about it, but there was... There was uh, one more thing I did want to mention. It's like when when you're talking about um, people like Pauli Sousavien showing up there, spreading all this disinformation, the public the public hears that. Like pe people that don't know anything and they're like 10,000 joules, that sounds like a big number. And those are military cartridges that nobody needs. Like all of this misdirection and yes. this BS, like no one has ever been killed in Canada, as far as I'm aware, with with a 50 cal or even a 460, right? Something that generates 10,000 joules. Not one in, in the history no. of the country, right? But this is why people are like, well, why do you have to engage with Polly? Why do you have to engage with Wendy Sukier and the Coalition for Gun Control? Why do you engage? Because we have to engage. We have to show people. It's like none of this is... Is, is actually accurate. None of this is true. None of this is, is, an, is the issue at hand here. And all of this information, it's, 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 yeah, it's false. And someone has yeah. to step up that has the influence in the platform to say, if you're listening to this, then you are truly the person that's misinformed. Well, and that's the danger of them being up there and being, you know, placed on a pedestal as expert witnesses and then coming out with complete buffoonery, like just what just happened in the meeting. The average Canadian, we can look at it and have a giggle over, you know, her 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 being so blatantly wrong on everything. But the average Canadian would watch that and take it at face value. And that's dangerous because she's wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at some level, you can either let these people have free reign 
and spread their mis misinformation everywhere, or you can expose it. And that's, yeah. and you know, there's a line there somewhere, you know, tastefully or, and there's a line between tasteful and effective too. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not a, it's just not an easy equation to figure out how you're going to push back against some of that information, that misinformation, right? So anyway, that's why we have to engage. This was a perfect example. So yep. anyway, exactly. really important, very tricky. Um, and you know what, one more thing I wanna just throw in <laughs> into our conversation before we, we wrap it up is remember when Matt Hipwell, I think he was being questioned by uh, our uh, our little friend, um, Talib Nur Muhammad. Oh, yes. About these uh, Caltech Sub 2000. Is this a hunting weapon? Would you hunt with this? And it's like, it's like, it's the, the, the level of ignorance is astounding because it's like at the end of the day, and they show pictures of it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, look at this. And it's like, well, okay, you can look at it, but what is it? It doesn't matter what color. It doesn't matter if it has plastic on it or it has a weird butt stock on it or a pistol grip. Like those things are irrelevant. Look at what it is. It's a, it's a semi-automatic rifle that launches a nine millimeter projectile. So anything mm -hmm. that launches a projectile at varying speeds with varying amounts of energy is what makes it appropriate for hunting or not. So when it comes to varmint control, if you're talking about wolves or coyotes, nine millimeter coming out of a rifle oh, is yeah. completely fine, especially if it's a you know controlled expansion round, right? A hollow point or something, right? Totally, totally appropriate. Forget about how it looks. But this is the, this is the, the buffoonery <laughs> that goes on in committee. And this is how misinformed um, they're trying to make the Canadian public in order to um, to support these ridiculous amendments and, and ridiculous bills. Anyway, I thought it was worth mentioning. Well, the reason they talk about how it looks and and put up pictures of it and and show it is the same reason Polly does, and that's because they are trying to invoke an emotional response in you. They're trying to scare you with it, right? Look at this scary thing. Um, you know, I mean having no knowledge of how it operates or what it's useful for or or the advantages or disadvantages of it or it's, it's you know, unique characteristics. It's just look at this and be scared of it. That's the point. Yeah. That's why they do it. And, and I think one more thing, the last thing I'll say, <laughs> one more thing, one more thing. But the last thing I'll say on on this is, is that when you're when you're in committee and you're in, in the hot seat, if you don't do that kind of stuff often, if you're not used to hostile interviews and you're not used to these kinds of things, your heart rate starts to go really quick and you're like, oh, okay, I wasn't prepared to defend the sub 2000. Is it appropriate for hunting or, var or varmint control? Absolutely it is. It is depending mm -hmm. on what you're hunting, right? It absolutely is. But so mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you see anyone not come up with a satisfactory answer in committee, it's a lot harder than it looks. I think we are all like, oh, I should be in that seat. I could have, well, it's like, well, you're not, you're not in that seat with these people looking at you knowing full well that every word you say will live forever. So yeah. it's, there's a lot it's of pressure tough. there. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to, just to mm -hmm. let you know. So, and uh, yeah, everyone did a great job. And Matt ended that whole, that whole session ended off with a total mic drop from Matt, yeah. um, you know, rebuttal to the uh, conflict of interest stakeholder comments. So yeah, everyone did a really good job and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see who's up next. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and another shout out to Jim Shockey. He did a really great job of, of just, yeah, sure you know, of just humanizing us. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the most accomplished hunters in history, you know, yeah. so it's, so it was, uh, the pleasure was all theirs at committee to have Jim speak to them. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I think we've, uh, I think we've done enough, Wilson. We did it. You've done enough, Rod. <laughs> You've done enough. Oh, I'm just getting started. All right. Well, thanks for the update, and we'll see you uh, in a couple of weeks.
All right, we'll see you then. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR radio podcast. I got a couple of things to go over with you before I let you go. As I said in the intro, I had I had another clip I want to show you at the very end. And, you know, I just finished the television show and in it, I said, you know, we don't show you these clips to get you riled up, right? And to wreck your day or whatever. We show you these clips because 99.9% .9 of Canadians would never, ever see them if we're not pushing them around ourselves. They would never know that these conversations are going on. They'd never know the content of these conversations. If they did, they'd be like, I'm not, I'm not gonna let these people get into power again, right? And they won't see them. And they, you won't see it on the mainstream media. The mainstream media give coverage about 85% of the gun debate coverage goes to anti-gun groups and the government, okay? And about 15% goes to government opposition and you know the firearms community overall. Like that's about the, the ratio. I've been doing this a while, right? I've been paying attention to this stuff for a while and that's the proportion. So the majority of Canadians would never see this stuff. They'd never know the content of these conversations, how ridiculous they are, you know, how bad, how, ba how badly behaved these politicians are, you know, in a, in a SECU meeting that probably costs $50,000 of taxpayers' money extracted by force from people to, to create this infrastructure to make laws and they're and they're using these meetings as just a mockery of the process talking yapping about mean tweets and you're attacking me and you know putting down hunters and putting down um firearm owners and it's like there's no real reason to do that there's no real reason we can't just have a conversation like a, like adults there's no reason that that can't happen but anyway that's why we show you these clips to let you know exactly what's going on because it's important right and also so that you don't have to watch those entire meetings and then try to remember like, oh yeah, do they really hate hunters? Oh yes, they do. You know, are they, are they lying while, while saying that everyone else is lying? Oh yes, they are doing that stuff. You know, in fact, these people are pretty, pretty lucky that they're not under oath because they'd be in a lot of trouble. I sleep well at night, you know, being under oath, no problem, but they'd be in a lot of trouble. So anyway, the last clip I wanted to show you is Heidi Rathjen. Um, Again, right? Just like, oh, it's all misinformation. It's all the gun lobby. It's us, right? It's the CCFR misinforming everybody. Um, you know, we're only banning military assault weapons with high capacity magazines or whatever, right? I'm going to show you the clip. You can hear it verbatim. And she's referring to Jim Shockey, one of the most accomplished hunters that ever lived. Okay, um, she's she's telling him he's misinformed. He doesn't know whether or not his gun is banned in it, and it. And it probably isn't. It's just funny. Anyway, check out the clip. I can't go into detail, but essentially we're talking about weapons that can shoot uh, semi-automatic weapons and to correct the misperception that some people have, including the witness who was with us today. We are not targeting all semi-automatic weapons, but rather the semi-automatics that are military they're designed with uh, magazines of more than five bullets and are not used for hunting. I keep hearing that I have these weapons. I don't. Uh, I keep hearing that they're firearms for military purposes. My, my classic English double, double rifle, break action, two bullets in, close it up, shoot it, uh, Turkish walnut engraved, you know, it's worth $90,000. It's on this list. It's going to be prohibited. It's like that's it, it's a never been used in any type of a crime and and certainly not in any military application. So so this is where 
I, I, as a hunter, I hear this and I'm, I'm listening and I appreciate the emotions involved. I mean, it, it's a terrible, terrible tragedy and, and that can never be understated. On the other hand, like I said earlier, way of life is also important to many people, especially us. I feel like uh, from the Hunger Games, I'm from District 12 and I'm a tribute and you guys are the capital. Well, there you go. And you know what? Jim Jim nails it. He goes on and says some other things like, you just don't understand us and, and this and that. And I, I left that out for now um, just to kind of make best use of your time. Um, but, you know, it's just amazing to me. It's just absolutely amazing to me what these people get away with, what they get away with saying, the the misinformation while saying everyone else is is, is spreading this information. Just, it's, it's amazing. And you know what? The media never holds them to account. They don't hold the liberals to account. They don't hold the NDP to account. They don't hold the bloc to account. They don't hold any of these anti-gun groups to account for their misinformation, nothing. They don't even come to us and say, are you really misinforming? Show us the receipt, show us what you're talking about. I had one mainstream media outlet come to me recently and say, the anti-gunners are saying you're, you're spreading misinformation. And specifically they asked about the 1908 Brazilian Mauser. It's like, well, it's on the list. So I went through it and, and made a written statement with references. So hopefully that gets printed. But they let them run around and talk about all this stuff. No accountability whatsoever. Anyway, Jim, Jim, Jim did a great job and uh, we really appreciate him putting himself out there because it's not a comfortable place to be. All right, anyway. Thanks for watching. Really appreciate it. If you want to support the CCFR, uh, you can do that by becoming a member or donating or become a CCFR insider. We have an um, insider's meeting every month. I think you need to donate on a recurring basis, $20 a month or more. If you do that, you get into these meetings where uh, Tracy Wilson and I are there with you and the other insiders. You get to ask us anything you want. We have a big conversation. There's prize draws for insiders right in the meeting. Uh, so it's kind of a cool little group. So insiders group. Um, I think you can find that uh, at the website. But anyway, if you want to support the CCFR, you can do it by going to firearmrights.ca uh, or you can get there by uh, going to ccfr.ca. Thanks again for watching, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.